Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Nathan Stacken with you here, as always. Uh, we do have a podcast this week, obviously. Maybe Stacken has not arrived yet. Unlikely we'll do a, we'll have a podcast next week, but we'll wait and see. Do know, though, that SDSU football team lives to fight another day. They are playing this week at home after their convincing 37-22 win over Northern Iowa. And don't let the final score fool you, folks. This was a big-time win for SDSU. They absolutely outplayed Northern Iowa, and the final score was not nearly as close as well as SDSU played. I would say that arguably it is their best, it is the best they've looked all year. And not not necessarily from the flashy offense and, and whatnot, but all three phases played really clean. You know, the defense was really good. Chase Vinatieri hit a 55-yard field goal. Uh, I mean, offensively, they were great. Uh, Taron threw one interception, but it looked like he got hit on it. I'm not going to blame that on him. And that was after he had led the Jackrabbits from their own two-yard line. This was in the third quarter. Uh, but just a, a, a great game all the way around for SDSU. Going into it, you thought, okay, maybe this is going to be a little difficult for the Jacks because Northern Iowa, after all, did beat us 38-18 uh, to 18 back on Hobo Day. Uh, but the conditions were crappy. It was rainy. It was windy. Uh, that who's that? Marcus Waymiller, the U and I running back. Not U and I. But Northern Iowa running back. Uh, he he really torched SDSU. So it just wasn't very good all the way around. Uh, so for SDSU to play as dominating and and win as convincingly as they did, I think certainly speaks volumes. Uh, Taron Christian, three touchdowns and an interception. He was great. Uh, you know, Dallas Goddard, six catches, 83 yards and a touchdown. Jake Wenicke had three catches for 50 yards. Still not getting over that 100-yard mark. Maybe that'll happen this week, though New Hampshire's defense is pretty good. Uh, overall, though, SDSU played incredibly well. Logan Backhouse led the team with tackles with eight. You had a host of, uh, you know, three other guys, Jordan Brown, Nick Farina, Dalton Cox, each with seven tackles. Christian Roseboom finished with six tackles. A very good day all the way around for SDSU. And as mentioned, Chase Vinatieri, he was uh, tremendous. Uh, field goals of 29, 55, and 44. Conditions in December, I mean, that's that's impressive. He's missed, what, one field goal this year? I think that was against Northern Iowa. So, I mean, he is becoming a legitimate uh, threat. And for SDSU, it, it alleviates the pressure of having to score those touchdowns. When you have a reliable field goal kicker, which doesn't happen very often in college sports or in college football for whatever reason, it just helps so much throughout. And I was, and I'm not trying to say this being biased. Uh, I think hopefully Chase will get a look at maybe get drafted in the NFL. I mean, when you have the name of Vinatieri, it's got to help. But that's that's down the line. Watching SDSU, and then also being up here in the Fargo area, you know, people wanted to watch NDSU, so I had to reluctantly watch them. And they beat San Diego thirty-eight to three, and they they won convincingly, and they only gave up three points, but. In watching NDSU play San Diego and watching SDSU play Northern Iowa, I thought South Dakota State played so much better um, 
given the level of competition than North Dakota State did. NDSU had a couple of turnovers, some penalties. It just, it, defensively, they played fine. But given, it, it, no offense to San Diego, but you won the Pioneer League. Whoop-de-ding-dang-do. I, I guess that's a that's a great accomplishment. You get to the FCS playoffs. But the Pioneer League sucks compared to the Missouri Valley. And so San Diego is rather an inferior opponent than what SDSU is facing in terms of uh, a conference opponent, a team that beat you earlier this year, a team that, you know, for all intents and purposes, is a, I mean, they're a good football team, and it's a rival. So I give SDSU a ton of credit for going out there and, and putting a whooping down. I mean, Northern Iowa scored two touchdowns late, but this game was pretty much over. I mean, it, it was over by that point. SDSU played uh, really well overall. So that was that was great to see. And now they get New Hampshire. New Hampshire, it's going to be another home game. So if you didn't get out uh, to see this game, it was a beautiful December day. It's the It was warm. It was close to 50 degrees. Like, what the hell is this? This is in Brookings, South Dakota, for crying out loud. Uh, beautiful day. It's not going to be nearly that nice. It'll, you know, almost cut the temperature in half, perhaps, but maybe not quite that far. But it's going to be right around 30. Wins hopefully won't be too much of a factor, but you get another chance to see Dallas Goddard and Jake Wenicke perhaps one final time, barring Weber State taking out James Madison, which doesn't seem as far-fetched as you might think. Weber State's playing very well, but James Madison, the class of FCS at least thus far, that's going to be a very, very interesting game. But thanks to New Hampshire taking down the four-seed Central Arkansas 21-15, SDSU gets another home game. And I don't know a lot about New Hampshire. They have a good defense, that's for sure. Offensively, eh, not great, so SDSU hopefully can do some stuff. But I guarantee you, and maybe I can't quite guarantee, but New Hampshire, I'm sure, has not seen very many offenses as prolific as the Jackrabbits, featuring the likes of Jake Wenicke, Dallas Goddard, you have Brady Mangarelli, Isaac Wallace in the backfield, Mikey Daniel, Taron Christian. I think you just don't come across teams like this in FCS with that many weapons. Kate Johnson's playing really well. Another wide receiver. Isaiah Brown, we mentioned him earlier. You just look at this team in general, and I really think that SDSU just is going to have way too many weapons for New Hampshire to defend. Yes, their front seven's very impressive. Uh, Front four especially can generate a lot of pressure without blitzing a lot of people, so that's that's important. We'll talk more about that with uh, Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader when he joins us here coming up in in a few minutes. But when you look at this game, I just think SDSU has too much, and I think they're going to take down New Hampshire. Uh, And then, who knows? I mean, SDSU will know by that point if they are going to be playing at home or if they're going to have to go to James Madison. James Madison does play uh, at night, or on Friday night, excuse me. North Dakota State plays Wofford uh, at 11 a.m. on ESPN2 on Saturday. So there's plenty stuff going on here. The four quarterfinal matchups. Here's how it all breaks. Well, we'll look at back at what happened uh, last week. James Madison beat Stony Brook 26-7. Not much of a contest. Weber State upset Southern Utah. Then I, when you looked at this game, I thought, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go Weber State because I just don't think Southern Utah really has it. Yes, Weber State crushed them 30-13. to uh, South Dakota State, of course, 37-22 winners. New Hampshire upset Central Arkansas, 21-15. to 
Uh, you know, so you had three, two, you know, three of the ranked teams lose this week or last week. Uh, also, then, so th- that was the left side of the bracket. On the right side, Kennesaw State upsets the three seed. That's Jacksonville State. They beat them seventeen to seven. That sets up a matchup against Sam Houston State, who had a big lead against USD. USD rallied back a little bit, but ultimately Sam Houston State beats USD 54-42, so the Yotes are out of the playoffs. Walford takes down Furman 28-10, and then North Dakota State, as mentioned, 38-3 winners over San Diego. So Walford, the 7th seed at North Dakota State, the 2 seed, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time, ESPN2 on Saturday. Kennesaw State at Sam Houston State, that is on Saturday as well, 8 30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN3. James Madison against Weber State. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central Time on ESPN2 on Friday. And as mentioned, South Dakota State against New Hampshire. 2 p.m. Central Time kickoff there at the Dana J. Dykow Stadium in Brookings against New Hampshire for the right to get to the semifinals. SUSU's never made it that far. Can they do it? I certainly think they can. Uh, and it helps that they will have another home playoff game. Uh, this New Hampshire team is pretty good, but SDSU should be able to take the cake. Speaking of cake, not, nothing related to cake. A uh, few other thoughts about that, though. We'll, we'll talk more about it with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader here in just a minute or two. Uh, let's look, though, at what the basketball teams did last week, too, because uh you know, SDSU beats Ole Miss last week, feeling very good about themselves. Then, just a cold shooting night at the Sanford Pentagon against Missouri State, a team that is favored to win the Missouri Valley. They showed that they played like it. They beat SDSU 73-53. to And then you get Wichita State on Tuesday and thinking, okay, there's not going to be much of anything to see here. SDSU is going to get blown out, just like they did against Kansas back on November 17th. And SDSU came out blazing. They were red hot from the field. They were up fifty-eight to forty-five in the second half. I mean, this was it. What it was amazing. It was like sixty-nine, sixty-two with eleven minutes left. Can SDSU pull off the upset? No. Uh, Wichita State so strong down the stretch. Uh, SDSU's defense or lack thereof just couldn't do anything to to really get anything going. Ultimately, SDSU loses 95-85. It would have been a huge win for the program had they been able to beat Wichita State. We always talk about what's gonna, what's good about the tournament resume. And losses, a win like this certainly would have helped SDSU's cause. I'm not saying they would make it as an at-large, but it certainly obviously it wouldn't hurt. The loss, though, you know, if SDSU wins the Summit League, you're obviously going to look at the wins over FBS or over Power 5 teams like Iowa and Ole Miss. We'll see what they can do against Colorado here coming up next week. Uh, could they get that third Power 5 conference win? I don't think that. Certainly they could beat Colorado. Colorado is average. I mean, they're a good team, but they can be beat. Uh, no doubt about it. Just like Ole Miss and Iowa. So if SDSU could get that third win, that would certainly be huge and Come seeding time, maybe you're looking at that 11 seed, perhaps. Uh, that would be the high seed SDSU's ever got. Now, March is far down the line. We have a lot uh, time to get into you know, before then. But Mike Dom, he was named Summit League uh, November Male Athlete of the Month. Uh, 20 points, 8.2 rebounds, hit 22 threes. 
three consecutive double double doubles from the from November twelfth to the seventeenth. So he's been instrumental. David Jenkins Jr. has been great. Ray, Ray Telling Houston's been good. Tevin King. The whole team's playing very very well. We'll see if it can continue. They're seven and four as of the recording of this podcast. So that's great to see from them. They get Concordia. Uh, I believe that's Nebraska, not Concordia, Minnesota. Not going to be too much uh, to worry about there. And then the next game will be, then they have North Dakota. And then next Friday is against Colorado. And three final uh, games to wrap up the non-conference. I don't really see any reason why you have to worry about the likes of Drake or UMKC. It's, UMKC's on the road. you got to beat them. Or then presentation. So overall, fairly soft. North Dakota's going to be a tough test coming to Frost, but SDSU should win that one. So uh, that last remaining game against Colorado, that would be really big. A, a huge feather in the cap to the Jacks if they can get that win. And then as for the women, uh, what a huge homestand they had. Uh, beginning with Northern Iowa, a team that made the tournament last year, a, lot, a team that perhaps a few people out there didn't think should have made it instead it should have been SDSU in the <coughs> excuse me uh in the NCAA tournament but they beat Northern Iowa 57 to 47 and then Sunday number 4 Louisville came to town and SDSU played really well right away and then gradually Louisville just kept chipping away chipping away and SDSU just didn't have enough at the end they lose 68 to 64 to the number four team in the country. And then Oklahoma. I didn't realize Oklahoma was as bad as they did. I thought this was a top ten team. Oklahoma's not very good this year. Uh, but SCSU Wednesday night beats the Sooners 67-61. to So that's a great win. No matter what, it's a Power 5 conference team. Uh, excellent to see SCSU get that win. Had they been able to beat Louisville, oh man, what, what a program. What a great win for the program. And you want to talk about... Launching your, you know, the the seed up a little bit. Oh boy, they would have gotten a fairly high. Could, I mean, could you talk about a seven seed, perhaps, maybe a six? Yeah, that's maybe a little too far. But uh, you know, to couple couple that with that North Carolina State win, and that looks pretty good so far. SDSU seven and two on the year. Their only two losses have been the teams that will be in the tournament, barring an unforeseen collapse in Green Bay and Louisville. So great to see them get the win. They will host Bowling Green this Saturday, 7 p.m. at Frost Arena, and then have a few more games. Florida Gulf Coast, that's a team that you have to look out for. Creighton, that's a tough team on the road. Drake, they're very good. Uh, So wins over those teams would be excellent. Wichita State's coming to Brookings. So uh, it's interesting to say the least. So a lot going on here. Uh, basketball season still going. Football season, though, is still going. Big home game, Dana J. Dykow Stadium, 2 p.m. on Saturday against New Hampshire. We'll talk about it next with Matt Zimmer here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, now available on iTunes. Continuing here, Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Pleased to be joined by Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. And Matt, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Nate. How are you? I'm doing good. Just trying to stay warm. Stay warm. And it uh, hopefully won't be a chilly day in Brookings on Saturday, but it's always good to know that SDSU has another playoff game, another day to live for, and it's going to be at home after that upset that New Hampshire pulled over Central Arkansas last week. I'm very appreciative to the New Hampshire Wildcats for allowing me to spend another week 
sleeping in my own bed on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. And I thought last week against Northern Iowa, that's probably the best that I've seen SDSU play all year. Do you agree? Um, boy, I don't know. Um, I mean, sure, they probably played better against North Dakota State, I think. Well, you know, they made some mistakes in that game, too. So, yeah, they could have. I mean, uh, you know, they got off to a great start offensively. Uh, you know, Chase Vinatieri had a huge game. Didn't make a ton of mistakes. Tearing through an interception, but it was a, a ball where he got hit as he was throwing. So, mm-hmm. you know, defensively, they gave up a couple garbage-time touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But Stig himself said uh, for the first three quarters, probably the best game they played all year. And I wouldn't argue with that. So, right. I mean, yeah, like, you know, we said last week, we expected the Jacks to win, but knew that Northern Iowa was a, a capable team, um, and, and SDSU dominated them. I, I really didn't didn't quite see that coming. I thought the Jacks were going to win, but I was kind of thinking maybe a 10-point win, a game that would be competitive into the fourth quarter, and this one wasn't. I mean, the right. final score makes it look closer than it was. Exactly. Jacks, uh, they dominated, and, and that's uh, exactly what you want uh, when you're getting – I mean, let's face it, they're getting close to, to Frisco now, so that's yep. exactly the kind of game you want to have. Yeah, I, I mean, you could put that NDSU game and this UNI game, I think, 1A and 1B. Um, I thought, you know, on the on the drive that Christian threw the interception on, as you mentioned, he was hit as he threw, so I'm not going to put blame on him. But I thought that was a critical drive there in the third quarter because they were, you know, back near their own goal line. And to be able to move it out and just move it down the field like that, chew up a lot of clock, just to, I think... I don't know if demoralize is quite the right word, but really make it so that Northern Iowa wasn't really going to be able to mount a comeback. Yeah, I think that's you're right about that. And, and I, you know, one thing that kind of uh, stood out to me from that game was uh, I think the Jacks pretty clearly outcoached um, Northern Iowa mm-hmm. when, when you could probably say the opposite happened the first time they played. Um, you know, certainly it wasn't the coaching staff's fault that, they had all those mistakes against Northern Iowa, that the special teams, all that stuff, and, and the weather was a factor. Uh, but also, it was clear that they weren't ready for some of the things you and I did. I, I think Northern Iowa knew going into that game, hey, we've been doing the same stuff for four weeks. We do something else. They're not going to be ready for it. And they were right. Uh, and this time, I think because of the fact the Jacks had the bye and Mark Farley went to it, John Stiglmeyer went to it, they said, hey, that was a big factor here because the Jacks had two whole weeks to prepare, and I think the coaching staff kind of said, all right, we'll be prepared for both defenses. We'll be prepared for both offenses. Uh, and then they, they did some things of their own that I think maybe you and I wasn't quite expecting. Uh, so it was just, um, you know, you know, I, I think you really have to give a lot of credit, as John Stiegelmeyer did, uh, to his assistant coaches for having that team really prepared. And as you mentioned earlier, Chase Benateri had himself a very good day. A, what, a 55-yard field goal? Is that a career high for him? It was. Yeah. Uh, and then he hit a 44-yarder in the second half. I mean, that's no chip shot outside no. in December. So what he's doing right now is incredible. I mean, the, I'm not so sure if he declared for the draft right now, he wouldn't get taken. I mean, he is just on fire right now. And, you know, 50 yards is supposed to be kind of rare in college. And he hasn't missed from 40-plus all year. And that's just you just don't see that in college football. He's become a real weapon for them. And the the last name always helps. I think that'll uh, help get him a few looks, no doubt. But I think I mean that's a, that's key, especially as you mentioned. It, it's December football. It's outside. If you know that, if you have confidence in your kicker that he can make some of these field goals here, I think it just takes a little less pressure off of the offense, especially when Chase is making them as much as he is right now. No question. I mean, there's how many drives do we see in college football? 
uh, even in the Missouri Valley, even in Division One, even at the FBS level, mm-hmm. where you know a team will have a 70-yard, 15-play drive, uh, but their kicker can't convert from anything more than 30, 35 yards. I mean, that's pretty common in college football. And uh, for the Jacks to have a guy who isn't just reliable from the you know 30, 35, 38 range, but is routinely hitting from 40 plus and and is a good bet to hit from 50 plus, that's like you said, that's just a huge weapon and a huge. Uh, relief, I think, for the offense to know that they're probably going to get points anytime they get on that side of the field. I saw a tweet that you had that you were watching some uh, New Hampshire film, and they kind of remind you of SDSU. Very similar scheme-wise. Uh, I, I wouldn't say they're necessarily similar uh, in personnel. They, they don't have a Dallas Goddard or a Terrence Christian or a Jake Winicky, but um, you know their defense is a lot like, the, it's almost a carbon copy of the Jacks' defense in that they run a 4-3, they don't blitz very much, uh, they don't go to their nickel or dime packages a whole lot. Uh, they just kind of try to stay in their gaps and and do their jobs. Uh, and, and, you know, we've heard those same principles from John Stiegelmeyer and Clint Brown for a couple of years now. So that might make it, honestly, easier for the Jacks offense to prepare for it. Because uh, I do think that's clearly uh, the Wildcats' strength is their defense, uh, particularly their front seven. It's really good. Uh, their, their defensive line has been able – has been able to do the one thing that the Jacks want to do, but haven't always been able to, and that's get to the quarterback without blitzing. They, they can create pressure with four, and that's a huge, huge advantage when you can do that. Then on top of that, uh, they have a really good linebacking crew. They really run to the football. They can make plays against the run or against the pass. Uh, I, I was really impressed with, with that group when I, when I saw them play. So uh, I, I definitely think if you're New Hampshire, you want to keep this game low scoring. Mm-hmm. That's going to be their best shot because offensively, uh, again, they are similar to the Jacks in that they run the spread. Uh, they ask a lot of their quarterback, who's a mobile guy who can. He's a great passer. He's thrown for 25 touchdowns, but he runs a lot too. Uh, but he might not even play. He's in concussion protocol right now. If he can't go, their backup is a freshman who played pretty well last week in Central Arkansas, but. Uh, I, I wouldn't like New Hampshire's chances bringing a freshman quarterback into Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium in December. So um, it, it's going to be tough, I think, uh, for New Hampshire to just to, to outscore South Dakota State. Yep, I agree. And if you know, as long as SDSU kind of plays within themselves, doesn't make the boneheaded mistake, you know, the turnovers, anything, anything like that, they should come out on top. Forecast right now: 27 degrees. Uh, north wind about 10 miles an hour so decent conditions no doubt for this time of the year uh so that should play well into sdsu's hands well i mean what do we think that the the crowd's gonna be i gotta imagine a little less than last week but uh certainly they should be able to get a few more people i don't know um because last week's crowd was much bigger than i expected and then they announced it at 7500 yeah, that um, seemed a little surprising. I'm not calling anybody a liar or anything, but there's just no way that that's what the actual number of people in the building was. I mean, that's a stadium that holds 19,000. So if there were only 7,500 people there, that would mean the place was basically one-third full. Right. It, it was two-thirds full. I mean, I was there. I could see with my own eyes. The, everyone, even on the SDSU, Justin Sell told me, Jason Old told me, when they looked across the field and saw how many people were on uh, the east side of the stadium, they were surprised. It was it was way more people than, than I think most of us were expecting. Uh, the more students showed up than anyone was expecting. So I don't know why why the number that was reported was reported, but I, I think there were ten, eleven, twelve thousand people there. Um, and it, you know, it's also it was also the nicest December day in Brookings history, probably. Right. Yeah. So that helped. And uh, 
it's not supposed to be quite that nice this Saturday, although the, the forecast isn't actually too bad. It's not going to be as cold as it is today. Uh, it's supposed to be like in the high 20s, late or low 30s. And, uh, you know, so far, no snow, wind, rain, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's not going to be, if you're the kind of person who's a wimp and doesn't like the cold, you're going to sit at home and watch it on TV. Right. Um, but, you know, I think, <laughs> I could famous last words, but, you know, five, 6,000? I don't know. I mean, there's yeah. a chance to, to, to play for a chance in the semifinals. They've never been this far. Potentially last home game, as we've said a couple times now, yep. for that senior class. So, you know, I guess we'll see. And, uh, you know, we saw a couple upsets last week. Obviously, that's why SDSU's playing at home this week is because New Hampshire upset the uh, the three the four, four seed in Central Arkansas. Do you force? I won't ask you necessarily to make a prediction for Saturday, but do you foresee any upsets coming out of the four quarterfinals? Uh, I, I think Kennesaw State might take down uh, Sam Houston State, although that's, you know, probably not a huge upset. They're the Rose team, so that's why they're the ones I mentioned. Um, I've been surprised to see how many Wofford State fans seem to think they're going to go up to Fargo and win. There's, <laughs> I saw a bunch of stuff on Twitter, but oh, there's you know people don't know how good Wofford is. Well, North Dakota State's pretty good too. Yeah, and so uh, that you know, I, I think North Dakota State and South Dakota State are both pretty prohibitive favorites. Um, the other two games should be great. I mean, I think Kennesaw State against Sam Houston. You've got a, a terrific defense against a high-powered offense, so that should be very interesting. And then Weber State at James Madison. I mean, James Madison has done nothing this year to indicate that they weren't deserving of being national champions last year. They've run the table in impressive fashion. They deserve to be the number one seed, all of that. Uh, but having said that, I don't think Weber State's getting enough attention or appreciation for what they've done this year. Agreed. Uh, they lost to Cal in a close game, an FBS opponent. Then they lost it to Southern Utah earlier in the season team that ended up winning the big sky but then they smoked them last week in utah in the playoffs so uh they're red hot right now they're playing really well on defense uh i'd pick james madison to win that game but i would not be shocked if weaver state pulled the upset and and the jacks found themselves with another home game next week man that would be absolutely incredible and what could then potentially set up an all dakota match in uh frisco provided that north dakota state gets through their half of the bracket before i let you go um SDSU, the men's basketball team, close uh, against Wichita State, had the lead into the second half, but faded down the stretch. I think I kind of asked you about this last week with regards to the Ole Miss game and even against like Iowa and Buffalo when they were in the uh, Cayman Islands there. But uh, I certainly think it's a, a very good showing by them that they were able to make Wichita State play as well as they did, uh, even in a losing effort. Yeah, especially because, you know, Wichita State was ranked sixth, I think, and yep. what was Kansas ranked third, fourth when they played them? Yeah, fourth. And, uh, and I thought they might give Kansas a game, and they did. They got smoked. Uh, so, you know, you're kind of unsure of what to expect against a similarly talented Wichita State team, uh, and they were ahead for most of the way. Um, I, I was not surprised that they didn't hang on and win, especially when you're in those gyms. Uh, a lot of times the officials are, are kind of leaning the other way to make sure certain things happen. So, um, but yeah, you know, they've, they beat Iowa, they beat Ole Miss. Those are great wins. Uh, but then when you challenge a team like that, that's a true final four contender, uh, and play them as tough as they did, that kind of, you know, maybe is a little bit of a measuring stick. And, and I think when you take those two power five wins they had, then you factor in a loss, a close loss like that, uh, you know, it's, you're starting to think that this is a team maybe that, I mean, 
what was what were the Jacks a couple of years ago when they played Maryland a 12 seed? I a 12 think? seed, yep. And, and that's the best they've ever been. Um, you know, you hate to get too far ahead of ourselves because USB looks great, Denver looks great. I mean, I, I'm not putting the Jacks in the NCAA tournament by any means, uh, but they're certainly setting themselves up for being a team that, if they can emerge from the Summit League, uh, could be a factor in the tournament, could have a better seed than we've seen in the past. And then the women had a lead against Louisville on Sunday, ultimately lost that game by, I believe, what, four points, but then come back and beat Oklahoma. I didn't realize how bad Oklahoma was, I guess, going into this game, but it's still a, a good opponent from the Big 12. So all in all, a pretty decent showing for SDSU's women's team going one and one at Frost against those two teams. Well, how weird is it? It's like, you know, I think they almost went into the Oklahoma game last night feeling like it was a must win just yeah. because... They were so close to beating Louisville, thinking, all right, we're not going to go 0-2 here. We have to get at least one of these. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma didn't have their best player, so that was a big factor. Um, but still, uh, for them to have, just to have the homestand they have this week, I mean, they got Bowling Green coming in on Saturday, but you get Louisville, Oklahoma back-to-back and cross the arena, that in itself is a huge deal. Yes. And, uh, you know, to beat Oklahoma certainly is just another very good win on their resume. Uh, it's really too bad they couldn't have found a way to hang on against Louisville because that would have been such a big win uh, that I think, this seems weird to say this early in the season, but I think if they win that game against Louisville, they're already a lot for the tournament. Yeah, no, I I don't think that's a stretch. But I just mean, at that point, they wouldn't even have to win the Summit League. I think they'd have such a good resume uh, that unless they totally fell apart, they'd get into the tournament. Yeah, because you'd have two Uh, wins over ranked teams at that point then in NC State and Louisville. Well, there's also a difference between beating the number 23 team and the number four team. Right. Uh, and, and still, the fact you know they didn't w- end up winning the game, but it's going to be a good loss on their resume. Uh, and I still think I fully expect the Jacks women to win the Summit League. Uh, I'd be surprised if they do not this year. Yep. Um, but having said that, if they don't, I mean, remember last, weren't they the first team left out last year? I think so. Yeah, first and or they, second. Yeah, and they didn't even have that great. Uh, it was one of the less impressive. Uh, seasons they'd had, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they got third place in the summit. Uh, I think they were like 23 and nine or something. So this year, if they get to the end and they have 25 wins, the RPI that they're going to have with the schedule that they've played, uh, you're either looking at potentially being in line for an at-large bid, or if you win the summit league tournament, you know, maybe getting a single digit seed. So they're definitely on, on track for, I think everything they set out to do uh, when AJ put that schedule together. And by the way, that team that uh, got ahead of them, Northern Iowa, I believe they were the last team in. SDSU beat them last week, too. So that's a right. that's a pretty good feather in their cap. But, uh, Matt, appreciate the time as always. Uh, enjoy Saturday, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about the Jacks in the semifinals next week. Sounds good, Nate. All right. Yep. Thank you. Matt Zimmer, Argus leader, kind enough to give us a few minutes. As always, great insight. You can find him at theargusleader.com. The videos, you know, comps everything everything you want to know about sdsu matt zimmer's got it so great stuff hopefully sdsu can pull out the win again uh, talking football now against new hampshire new hampshire is a, a team that has a pedigree they they've had success i believe they've had they have a few national championships under their belt but uh you know this isn't the best new hampshire team that's ever been and apart from that defensive front line hey eh? SDSU, hopefully the offense can make some noise. Wenneke, Goddard, Christian, and company. I think it's going to be a good day, and I think we're going to see SDSU in the semifinals. Will it be another home game against Weber State? Or 
Will they have to go to what, Harrisonburg, Virginia, I believe? Take on JMU? Should be fascinating here. A few other thoughts here, and we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, now available on iTunes. Wrapping up this week's edition here of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Again, earlier, went over basketball here, but just we'll give you the schedule here. We'll start with the women. Again, Bowling Green, Saturday, December 9th, 7 p.m. So after the game against... After the win against New Hampshire, stick around the stick around campus. Go to Frost, watch the women take on Bowling Green. Should be a good game, and then they are off essentially a whole week. The, then next Friday, 4 p.m. against Creighton, that is in Omaha, and then they travel to Des Moines, Iowa, to take on Drake. That Sunday, December 17th at 2 p.m. Following Wednesday, then uh, Wednesday, December 20th against Wichita State. The final game is not until the tw- the final non-conference game of this of the year is not until December 29th when they travel to Fort Myers to take on Florida Gulf Coast. So we're just getting you out there in case you know, don't have a podcast here for the for the next few weeks. Uh, want to make sure want to make sure you know what's going on. Of course, you could always go to GoJacks.com too. They have everything: schedules, statistics. Uh, you know, so anything you want, go to GoJacks.com. Uh, the good, hardworking people at the Sports Information Department do a great job uh, making sure you're up to date on the latest regarding Jackrabbit Athletics. The men, again, Concordia this Friday night, 5.30 p.m. Uh, North Dakota, then the, on Tuesday, December 12th at 7 p.m., they travel to Boulder, Colorado to take on the Buffs, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 Mountain, and then home game against Drake, December 19th. At that's at 7 p.m. at Frost at UMKC Friday the 22nd at 6 p.m. and then they don't have a game until the following Saturday that would be December 30th against Presentation. So it's a look at just getting out there a little bit with what's going on there uh, for SDSU basketball. Again, though the big story is uh, football. Can can they beat New Hampshire? I think they will. Uh, New Hampshire is not an inferior opponent. They, this is, cannot be a team that can be taken lightly. Uh, New Hampshire does have a football pedigree. Let's just see how many championships uh, New Hampshire has won here in uh, in FCS football. I feel like they have a few, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is not a a great uh, New Hampshire team, but the defense is incredibly solid. Uh, so honestly. It should be a it should be a very interesting match or a game what the match hey soccer but um, yeah it, it should be a very good game hopefully there's a good crowd out there I know it's gonna be a little cold I know it's December and you know you know finals to study for but go out I mean this is the last chance most likely that you are gonna see you know Dallas Goddard and Jake Wenneke, two guys who have done so much for this football program to get them to where they're at today. It's pretty remarkable, all things considered. Apparently, they've never won. I don't know why I was thinking they had won. Apparently not. Apparently, I am full of crap. My apologies. I thought that New Hampshire had won before. Apparently, they have not. But, having said that, they're still a very good team. So, uh, I do apologize for the uh, misinformation there. But, 
a solid team nonetheless. Fifteen conference titles. They've they're just they're very good at you know a, a solid program all the way through, and they've made the playoffs every year since two thousand and four. I mean that's impressive. So maybe that's why I thought they had won because they just keep going. Uh, you know they keep making it so far. The furthest they've made is the semifinals in 2013. They lost 52 to 14 in North Dakota State, and then in 2014 lost to Illinois State, 21 to 18. They've made the quarterfinals a bunch of times. So a solid, solid team. But I think Dallas Goddard, Jake Wanaki, too much. Taron Christian, another big day. I think the defense will do just fine. I think SDSU will win. I'll say 27 to 17. That is my prediction, and we'll see what happens here. Uh, maybe there's going to be a Terriers attack. Terriers, Wofford Terriers. Are they going to beat North Dakota State in Fargo? Unlikely, but maybe uh, we'll see what the Terriers can do. Sam Houston State, will they be upset by uh, Kennesaw State? Certainly not out of the question. And the big one I think everyone's looking at, Weber State playing incredibly well right now. Can they take down James Madison? It is a daunting task, but Weber State can definitely do it. And if Weber State does and SDSU wins... You're looking at a semifinal, most likely, here in Brookings on the 16th. On the 16th. be very intriguing. So go out there, support the Jacks again. Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium, 2 p.m. Central Time. The game can be found on ESPN3. So go out there, cheer the football team on, keep cheering the basketball teams on. Great time uh, to be an SDSU fan. It's always a great day to be a Jack. And as always, go big, go blue. Go Jacks! We'll talk to you either next week, Baby Stacking isn't arriving, or sometime down the line, we will be back, don't worry, either if it's this year or in the new year, in 2018. We'll see you soon here at Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, now available on iTunes.